at this time, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. And, you know, between me and Heva, we have like choke kids. So we have our own children's ministry in our own homes. But what we love about here at New Hope is that it's, we, you see a lot of things happen to our kids. I mean, you're going to see a lot of kids running around. But what's so amazing is that we see kids from babies to preschool, our elementary kids having fun outside in the water. We have teens from junior high and high school. We have a bunch of young adults. Then we have regular adults who think they're young adults like me, but they're not anymore. And then we have all the way to our kupunas. And what I love about Here in New Hope is that you see God moving in the lives of generations because our God is a God that loves each and every single person, no matter what generation you may be in. And so as we give our tithes and offerings, we're giving it to him knowing that we can trust in him, knowing he's going to continue to reach people of all generations so that they would come to know him as their Lord and Savior. Now, if this is your first time to New Hope Church, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. As we give unto the Lord, though, this morning, we get to trust in him, knowing that he loves each and every one of us. So would you bow your heads with me as we pray for our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. And Lord, first of all, we're so grateful for who you are. That, Lord, we can trust in you because you're not just God, you're our great God. The love that you have for each and every one of us is just as great. And so, Lord, as we give unto you our tithes and offerings, we do so knowing that you're going to take it and you're going to multiply it so that you will reach each and every single person, generations upon generations, people upon people, that they would come to know you and all that you have for them as their Lord and Savior. Lord, thank you for allowing us the opportunity that we get to partner with you in reaching those far from you. You love us. You want a relationship with each and every one of us for all of eternity. That's what it's all about. So, Lord, we thank you, and we look forward to what you're going to continue to do in the lives of your people. We pray for all this in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Now, there are four ways that you can give. You can give online. You can give through our church app. You can sign up for text to give. You can still mail your checks here to our church office at 840 Kupalau Road. And for those of you who are live here in person, we have our tithes and offering boxes located in the back of the sanctuary. Now, last week, Pastor Shonen got to share that he was actually in uh, California attending Camp Agape in California. And Camp Agape is a, is a camp that reaches children whose parents are incarcerated. And what, what's so amazing about that is that these kids get to know the love of the Father. But what's even more amazing is that we've actually witnessed Camp Agape happen here years ago in our, in our island through Pastor Charlie. As we see the kids and the lives of, of them just be changed forever because of who Jesus is. And what's even so more important is that because of who God is in this church and, and because of who he is, we get to see people who were part of our church years ago who are actually now in California, who live in California, who's making an impact there in Camp Agape. In fact, we had a youth who grew up uh, through our youth ministry. She's like my first daughter. And what a joy it is to see that God's using her as a camp leader up there, reaching people, reaching these kids, sharing the love of Jesus. We got to see another uh, person who was part of our church too, and he also is big, uh, being a big part of Camp Agape in California. And what we're seeing is that through Jesus, we get to reach people's lives because we do it better together. 
So thank you for your heart. In fact, let's take a look at what took place at Camp Agape in California. This is how they do Camp Agape in California. Look at these guys. Look at these guys. Rocket dodgeball, just rocket dodgeball. Then, whoa, wait, my neck! Oh, those kids are moving the line. We are on day two. Last night was an unbelievable night. Pastor Ryan spoke on trust. The leaders and the pastors, volunteers, unbelievable. I think the count was about 150 children. We get to love on these kids. I'm here with John Vallejo. He was at our church for a while. Some of you recognize him. Best church I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for lending us this pastor. We love this guy. We love um, New Hope Hilo. And hopefully we'll be seeing you guys soon. But for right now, we're going to use him here. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. are done for the night. I will see you in the morning. This is day three. They're going crazy back there. These kids are relentless. This one guy following me. That was my exercise. That was it. Leave with one eye open, buddy. They are going crazy in there. Has to be this song, too. This feels like home. This feels like home. What a wonderful night. I will see you tomorrow morning. It is final day of camp, and this is the sad part. This is when we say goodbye to all of the kids. It's the first time I got to be here at Camp Agape. Usually it's on a, it's on a week when I'm traveling. This one worked for my schedule. Thank you for your support, and thank you for your prayers, and thank you for all of you who served at Camp Agape, California. Oh, it's such a wonderful time. And so once again, thank you. You know, we all can't be there and we all can't, you know, uh, be there in, in that kind of way. But I just want to let you know as a congregation, your support, your prayers, your giving, all of that helps these children. And uh, just to watch them go through what they're going through, yes, our hearts go out to them, but to see the hope that they have. And at the end of the four days, not only do they find hope in Jesus Christ, they don't want to leave. Like they found new friends, they found people that they could relate to, they, and they found out that they're not alone, that there are people to surround them, but they also have other friends that they can stay connected to, that they can support one another, because we're just better together. And their ability to persevere through this dark moment of their young life is amazing. So we get to be a part of that, and, and again, thank you for being that kind of church, for being a sending church. We're super thankful that we get to do this together and we get to watch these, these children grow up and the hope is that the trajectory of their life has changed for all of eternity because of the investment that we got to uh, bring to them. So thank you again for doing that. It is obvious that on this day, 
21 years ago, everything changed. Right? We remember the day or, or what the morning was like. We remember where we were. Sean, you came to my house. We were going to play basketball. We, knew, yeah, we were going to play basketball. And he's like, you got to turn on the TV. We we're like at war. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, something happened with the Twin Towers. And, and I remember that morning and that entire day, we're like glued to the TV. And everything changed. But what was, what was phenomenal about that time was how our nation just rallied together, right? It didn't matter what political party you were from. It didn't matter what religious background you had. It didn't matter your ethnicity, what age you were at. All we knew was there's a resolve that we all need to come together for in order for it to be finalized, for everything to get back to where we need it to be. And everything changed about our nation, the way we travel and how we do things and national security. But since that time, 21 years later, have we forgotten how valuable that was in coming together? Even the White House brought people together and prayed, and they worshiped God at the White House. Like so many things took place that strengthened us as a people that we may have forgotten. Reminds me of the Bible when we read the Israelites in the Old Testament, God's chosen people, that when when God was going to use them to be a representative of who he was, oh yeah, they, they brought in God, we need help, and God comes in, saves them, and then they forget about God, and then they do their own thing. And then they're distant from God, and then he once again saves them. Then their hearts are drawn close to him, and then they forget about him, and then their hearts are distant from him. And then they, they trust God, and then they rebel against God. God called them a stiff-necked people, a rebellious people. And they constantly did that. And then they would have God come in. And then they would have other gods come in. Kick God out, keep these gods here. Another king rises up. Kick these gods out, bring God back in. And it was consistent in that kind of way. Ups and downs, bring in God, kick God out. And I thought, how, well, how could they forget of all the things that God did? Like if God parted Bayfront, that would be a phenomenal thing. Would be gross, but would be phenomenal. <laughs> if you know Bayfront, it's, yeah, pretty interesting. We would remember that for a while. We'd be telling our children, and that's what they did. They told their children and their children's children. But after a while, we're here today, we may have forgotten those things. We may have even forgotten our relationship with God. And so when I read the Old Testament, and I think, how could they do that? It's like God reminding me, you still do that today. You still forget about me. You've forgotten what it was like to do things together. You've forgotten what it was like 21 years ago when you rallied together. That was the time where church attendance spiked. Everybody, not everybody, majority of the people turned back to God. And now here we are 21 years later. Have we forgotten what it was like to do things together? Because, and we've heard it before, we're just better together. We're just better. When Jesus sent out his disciples, how did he send them out? Two by two, right? It was just better together. And, and Jesus knew that it was in their relationship that the gospel would be proven. It wasn't in what they were saying. It was how they were relating to one another. That they could say God is a God of love and forgiveness and grace, but if they're not forgiving with one another and gracious, then what they're saying is it's not valid. 
because how they're living doesn't match up to what they're saying. So Jesus sent them out two by two. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is a relationship. It's just better together. Jesus had his disciples, 12, and, but he had his three closest ones, Peter, James, and John, better together. And Jesus knew this. In fact, that's how he created us as the church, as the body of Christ. He created us to work together in tandem because we need one another. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, what it tells us. And this is in verse 12. It tells us, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Like we all have differences. We all have different perspectives, but come together as the body of Christ and Jesus being the head of it, phenomenal. He, he, that's how he created us as the church, not the building. It's us as people, as individuals. We're all going to have different perspectives, different likings. But together as the body of Christ, him being the head. In fact, he says, you can do all things. I'm so glad that Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. Imagine if he made us like the, the we're the body of Christ. And then he said, but the, but the head of the body is going to be Sheldon that he's going to be the one that is going to bring direction and he's the one that's going to make everything work out and, 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 and have the body work together. We did. No way. It has to be Jesus. There's no way one individual could do that. We're the body of Christ and we get to follow his lead. That's who he made us to be. Even though the body has different parts and, and we function differently, together we're one. And that's the heart of Jesus Christ. You know, recently I've been praying about uh, where we are as a church and, and, and Lord, uh, the direction and what do you say and, and how are we doing things. And, and he, re he revealed something to me that, that was so uh, shifting in mentality, but also uh, so comforting. And many people have been coming up to me even pastoral friends and then they'll, they'll ask how's the church and, and how are you guys with capacity how are you guys with online services and we'll bounce around ideas and, and things like that and pray for one another and some of them will use this phrase that oh yeah we're at 50% capacity how about you guys oh 70% capacity yeah maybe 30% people came back so all of these percentages and as I'm praying because it, it just didn't settle well like I don't know I don't know about that part, like attendance and capacity. Um, and I didn't know why I was struggling with it. I said, Lord, what, like, you tell me what is happening. And, and this was so great. And I want to give this to you because you're the church. We're the church. He said this, I'm, I'm the one that draws people to myself. I'm, I'm the one that does that. So the people that are here, the people that are, are viewing, this is 100% capacity. This is 100% capacity. I was like, yeah, no, no, well, there's more people that can come. We have more chairs and, and things like that. He said, no, no, no. 100% of the people are there. 100% of them are viewing, 100%. And this is the picture he gave me. In fact, we just sang it with reckless love. He leaves the 99 and goes looking for that one lost sheep. When he goes looking for that one lost sheep, he doesn't bring 1% of himself. He brings 100% of himself because the mission is 100% of that individual. 100%. So when people come here, when you're here, 
we're 100% loving, 100%. So when we see people, we give all. We give all we got, 100%. And instead of looking at who's not here, the Lord is saying, love the people who are. Because I'm doing something in and through them, those of you who are online, 100%. And I think if we understand how God does things, that we're just better together, not just with one another, but with him, then whatever we go through in our lives, we do this together, then we can watch God do the miracles that we just never thought possible. He's able to do these things because of who he is, not because of who we are. The benefit of of doing things together and, and being better together is the support that we find in one another. We can help each other. We can bring perspective how often I hear people say, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do in my, my life, my marriage, and they have a group of friends that try to help them, and, and they even try to talk them out of certain things, like, no, nah, you shouldn't do this, you should do this, and, and it's tough because we all wish that God would just show us what to do, give us a list, and then we just do that. But if that were the case, then there's no relational value, and God is a relationship. So he surrounds us with people. I even had people who said, you know, you got to talk to so-and-so because we, we talked to them, we spoke to them, and they don't listen. And now they're in a relationship that we told them that was the dumbest thing ever, and now they're like asking for help. What do we do? I said, you got to come alongside of them and love them through the most difficult time. Yeah, but they never listened to us the first time. I said, if they're not listening to God, what good are you? Like, we're not to control people. We're to walk alongside of them. That's what discipleship is all about. We love people through their most difficult times. Even if they don't listen to our advice and they do something opposite, and deep down inside you're saying, I told you so, or maybe even on the outside, it's like, I told you. You know, like, listen to me. Now what? Stuck, eh? <laughs> now what? So we have, that, we have that on the inside that, man, why didn't they listen? But that's not, that's not even our responsibility. Our responsibility, as Jesus said, is to love one another. Yeah, we can counsel one another, but we can't make people choose. We come alongside and we love people through their most difficult times because that's their journey. may not be yours, but that's their journey. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 tells us that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. I know when we're young, we fall down. Someone wants to help us up. We're like, I don't need, I get them. Or you're coming downstairs, someone offers their hand, you're like, bruh, I can. Or we're at that age where it's like, no, I'm not old. But then as we grow older, like somebody offering their hand when I'm coming out of the ocean and it's slippery, I'm taking that hand. I know what it's like to fall down on lava rocks. But as we grow older, we get wiser. We become wiser. We take that hand, we're like, yeah. Somebody opens the door, you walk through. It's okay. Two are better than one. We can help one another. And then it continues, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So we can have this connection with people, this relationship, but we bring in God and that three braided cord is not quickly broken there's strength in that we find that we can back each other up we can add more value to people we can help each other process through things when we do this together 
And sometimes just talking things out helps. We just got to get it out and talk because it's been bottled up so long and God says, you got to do this together. It has to be together. You got to be with people. Otherwise, it's like the members of our body and the parts of our body, we cut this off. We think we can do things alone. The hand will eventually die. But being connected, that's what God, that's who he created us to be. We're supposed to be connected to one another. He created us to be a community of people, to love one another, to value each other. There's even safety. Remember when we would go swimming together? What was it called? If you had to take two people? The buddy system. But make sure you both can swim. Yeah, just the buddy system alone, right? There's some wisdom included in that. You both go swimming. Nah, let's go swim. Let's go swim. You start going under. It's like, hey, help me. Well, I need help too. So you do want to have that three, that third person. You want God's wisdom. You want his, 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 his strength. We even help each other in, in a group setting where sometimes the processing or, or, or talking things out helps or maybe you've been in a situation where you did that, but then that person that you confided in took your information and started to talk about it to other people. And now there's distrust. And now you're at a place of saying, I don't trust anybody. No, not trusting nobody. No, I don't trust nobody. Nobody. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I definitely don't trust you. And I don't trust nobody. And you just, you locked down and you built the most strong fortified most strongest fortified uh, prison where no one can get in but at the same time you can't get out and you'd rather live like that than be betrayed again or hurt or spoken about negatively so we put our guards up but then we forget that Jesus came to set us free so I want to give us something that will help. And it's very simple. It's just hard to apply and to remember to keep. It's to connect to Jesus and others. I think that connect to Jesus, we can get that. It's like, I can connect with Jesus. But to connect with other people, that might be the difficult part because we are difficult people. Look at the people around you. Got some difficulties there. And if you're like... No, no more, no difficult people around me. Guess who's the difficult one? <laughs> it's like, everybody easy. Everybody easy. But we do, we, we have this, as human beings, we have this ability to connect and disconnect. God has given us the freedom to choose. But, but we, we operate better, we're, we're more alive and, 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 and we're better when it's with others. In fact, he created us in a way, we have these things called mirror neurons, that when you see someone do something good, healthy endorphins and chemicals are released in our bodies to make us feel good. So when you see a picture of someone doing something kind for someone, or you, know, you see someone propose, and you're like, oh, that's so cute. It, like, it makes you feel good. Or somebody does something for someone else, it makes you feel good. That's why a lot of videos that we watch that are heartfelt goes viral because people like watching when things go well. We're just, we're built that way. So God says, that's what you're supposed to do for one another. You keep doing that because when people see that, 
then they can glorify me because I'm doing that in and through you. I'm doing something in your life so that when they see it, they can turn to me. Jesus said in John 13, 35, he said, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's something that is seen and something that is visible because we're just better together. It's, it's in that relationship. It starts with the people who are closest to you. It starts with your family. It starts with your, if you're married, of course, your, 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 your spouse. It starts with your children, your parents, like that close-knitted group of people. God says that's the one. Because it's out of that that everything else is going to take place. But if you focus on everything else and you neglect like this, this will eventually decay and die. Why? Because it's severed and we're no longer a part of it. So we connect, with, we connect with God, we connect with Jesus, but we also connect with others. Because his love in and through us is a lot better than the kind of love we want to try to manufacture on our own. We, I, so I don't golf. Like, I, I will go. Someone said, you don't say you don't play golf. You say, uh, either you play golf or golf plays me. So golf plays me. That's the one. But I'll go because it's fun, group of guys. So I went with uh, my friend Maya. He's good at golf. Um, and then uh, my other friends, Holy and Carl, they're good at golf. I'm not. And we're playing partners. This thing called Scramble. Scramble is the person on your, like you have two people, we're just playing teams. The best ball, that's what you play from. So because my partner is really good, he'll drive the ball, excellent. I can do whatever I want. I can just crack the thing. And it just goes like, yeah, no. In the condos, wherever it goes. But even though my ball went out of bounds, I can use where his spot is. So some of you know golf and that's, that's you understand. So I can, I can hit my ball from where his ball is. And then when we get closer to the pin or the, the flag, the hole, when he gets it on the green, right, closer to the hole, if I miss, it's okay. It's okay. Why? Because I can go where his ball is. Some of you are like, I don't understand golf at all. Hate the game. It's okay. It'll relate. Watch. Stick with me. After all of that, I have the confidence. Every time he hits a shot, I have the confidence that we'll be okay. Because our, our play and where the ball is, it's not based on how good I am. Thank you, Jesus. It's based on how good he is, my partner. And I realized that's who Jesus is for us. It's definitely not how good we are, how well we can love people, how gracious we are with people, how forgiving we can be. It's really how good he is, how gracious he is, how forgiving he is, and how loving he is. Because that's our play. That's the best life. It's not, we're out of bounds. We're all over the place. But he's perfect in all of his ways. So wherever my life goes, I've got to come back to who he is, what he's doing, and how good he is. Otherwise, we put expectations on one another, on people, and on circumstances, and then we turn to God and say, what happened? It's like, you've been relying on all these things. No, you turn to me. Trust in me. Because I'm the one that's going to play the best life. 
He lived a perfect one so that we didn't have to. Now, not saying we just start cracking balls all over the place and say, oh, I'm going to live my life however I want to live it. No, that's not, that's, not, that's not wise at all. That's not even fun. But it is doing our very best to follow in his footsteps. And we'll hit some, but we'll miss. But we still play to his life. That's the heart that he gives to us. And when you connect with him, even each other, then he, he, he brings us to a healthy place. In fact, we, um, last week, we had our Kupuna ministry, our Kupuna coffee hour. Some of you go on Friday mornings. And I believe it's at 9 o'clock. I think it's at 9. I went at about 10. I had a meeting. And I, but I, I popped in, and they had a whole spread. They had food. So I thought, I thought they had something that they were celebrating. And so I asked one of them, I said, this morning, I said, so what was that on Friday? They said, oh, that we just met. I said, no, but you guys had a lot of food. They said, we always have food. I'm like, you guys always have? Do they always have, Leona? You were there. Every week? Wow. Anyway, so just being there with them, um, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we have our kupuna that have been serving in our church for 20 plus years. 20 plus years. Some of them 30 years. They're still serving, still loving God, still loving people. We would not be here if not for that generation. Many of us would not know Jesus Christ if not for that generation. So I want to say thank you to our kupuna who continue to love God and love people for future generations. Can we say thank you? I know some of you are like, wait, wait, what do you mean by kupuna? What is the age? You know the age. It's okay. But we're grateful because we're better together. We even have our youth ministries that meet Friday nights. Uh, we have our children right now. Your children are playing water right now. Like they're learning about God in a different way. They're, 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 they're experiencing the love of Christ. They have wonderful, um, our, our aunties and uncles are out there with them and they're just having a blast. But they get to learn about Jesus and we're doing this together because we're just better together. It's not one individual. It's all of us. We even have a young adults conference coming up in our denomination called Foursquare on New Year's Eve and it's going to be in Denver, Colorado. And some young adults are flying up and they're just going to enjoy the time of worship and prayer and just coming into the new year for 2023 with that kind of mindset that I, wanna, I, I want my life to be on target with Christ. That's, that's, that's where I want to be. God is a multi-generational God. We are all his children. It's not about an age group. It's the fact that we're all his children. And he knows that we're better together with him. We connect with him, but we also connect with one another. I, I remember... When I first came to church, trying to find a group of people, like, what does that look like? How do I do that? And, and the more I attended, the more I got to meet people. And then it's like God started to mold and shape a group of people that I could relate to, but also would connect with that could help me in my walk and my relationship with Jesus. And what's great about that is God can orchestrate that. But I had to, I had to make that choice and open myself up to that. And that was a tough thing because I was unsure you know, many of us will come from hurt or brokenness or even bitterness and try to find like, okay, who, who can I trust? But it really first starts with God himself. It's trusting in him. Start with that relationship. Connect with him. 
Because it's through that relationship that every other relationship is going to come out of. It's that relationship with him. And normally when our relationships go awry with people, it comes back to our relationship with God. And not necessarily that we did something wrong. It's just, okay, God, where am I? What are you doing through me and in me? And help me to learn that. Praying for others too. Maybe God is doing something in them. Well, he obviously is. But it always will come back to our relationship with God in order for us to have strong relationships with other people. And we can come alongside of each other and help each other on the journey that we're on. The prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. I love this because this, not only because it's the prayer of Jesus, but because of how he's praying and what he's praying for. And it begins in this way. In uh, John chapter 17, verses 22 and 23, Jesus says, the glory which you have given me, I also have given to them. And he's speaking about his disciples and he's speaking about us, his future disciples. The glory which you have given me, I also have given to them so that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and you love them just as you loved me. In other words, God loves us just as much as he loves his, loves his one and only son. That's how valuable you and I are to him. He loves us just as much as he loves his son. And Jesus prays for that unity, but unity isn't everybody coming together in one place at the same time all the time. It's also in our uniqueness and who we are, our different perspectives, that we complement one another. That's the way marriages work. Sometimes we, we marry the opposite, right? One is very meticulous. One is whatever. One is very, you know, schedule, schedule, schedule. The other person is spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. One is early, one is late. One is mad, one is angry. Oh, they both, yeah, one mad. One, no, one is, what is the opposite of angry? Kind? I don't know if I want to say that because then you got to choose who's the kind one. Hey, you guys know. You know who's the kind one in, in your relationships. It's like there's opposites, but you complement one another because you have strengths and weaknesses. And that's like family. Like even in family, right? Growing up, we would say things like, or I would hear things like, you know, when we was your age. And then, you know, it would be whatever it was. Or they would say things like, Oh, yeah, back in the day when we was growing up. And then they would give their stories. Or, you know, you kids nowadays. Right? There's always the, <laughs> something's wrong. But I feel like I'm in that bracket now where I can say, you know, when we were young. Like, my mom would say, you know, when we were young, bread was 10 cents. What? What do you have? One slice. No, she said, no, the whole, but I do remember when bread was 85 cents. I do remember that. But as time went on, we all have those stories, right, as, we, as, we, as we're growing up. And our children today, our children today are growing, they really are growing up in a completely different world than just 10 years ago. They have access to every bit of information that they would ever be able to get their hands on through technology, and we, and, and we in, 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 and maybe even other generations, are like, you know, when we was home, we was outside all the time. 
He's outside all the time. You kids stay indoors every time. Got to be AC, AC. Oh, hot outside, hot. Of course hot. Get the sun. That's why you white. You, boy, you gray. Like, you need sun. And so we, 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 we have differences. We have these differences, but isn't it true that when we come together, then we're just better? Even as family, when, when we come together and, and clean house. I'm sorry I'm bringing this up if you're not, like, you're the person in the family who's like, I hate cleaning house. But when you do it together, much faster, may not be as clean, like if you live in Portuguese, and then they say, help clean, they're like, I don't like you help clean. Do something else. Like, go outside, go dig weeds. Because, you know, clean the house how I clean the house. So I, I understand that there's just different, you know, different things. But when we do things together, it's much better. Like, maybe, maybe you're at a place where my back's sore. Yeah, but you get a 15-year-old. Their back not sore. So instead of you mowing the lawn and your back sore, teach the 15-year-old. The 15-year-old would love to mow the lawn. And if they don't, just hold their phone hostage. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Just, or, well, you don't like mow the lawn, I'll go mow your phone with the lawn. And we got to be creative, guys. We got to do things together. But it is. If we do things together, right, things get done in a, in a, it's like relationships become stronger when we do things together because we're better together. It's just the way God made us. And our hope today is this, is that when we connect with God and with one another, we'll be able to see the great things that God is doing in and through us all. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads and pray for a moment and just, just bring that thought together of, of God bringing us in whatever capacity as husband and wife, as, as parents and children, as a family, as a church, that we're just better together. It has to be together. And so God, today as we First of all, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for being our God. Thank you for being the one that came up with the idea of relationships, the idea of doing things together, the idea that we're better together, the idea that we're the body of Christ. We're not the head. You are Christ. You're the head of the body, and we're grateful for that. So today, Lord, May we not only connect with you, but let's connect with others. Help us to find those people that we can surround ourselves with that will always love us towards your, your very best. We can be confident in our life because of your life. We may not, we may not hit the best life, but because of your life, we're able to begin where you are. We can start afresh. So, Lord, breathe into our spirits, our souls, a fresh spirit, a fresh soul, that we may be one with you and with one another. You have already proven that we are much, much better together. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all said, together. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you guys soon. Have a good day.